such a wonderful day to be alive and um and i mean that um having a, a great time and um and and just um wanted to share with you something the lord's been speaking to me and i'm it's gonna you know for me to bring out this kind of um word from the lord uh i didn't get it in a vision i did get it in a dream but in the dream the lord comes and just talks to me when he tells me things like this and he's and it's the spirit of the lord that comes and talks to me and he just um broods and um which i love and and um so i, I want you to just hang on just let me get let's see if we get a couple of viewers on here to, when we go live it just takes a little for the algorithms you can share this on your thing and if you don't like it then go back and unshare it you know go back and remove it that's fine if you you don't like it so um i i've been really pressing in because um this october 31st so what what is that uh two weeks in a day i guess two weeks from tomorrow is uh 30 years since rodney howard brown first came to jacksonville florida and revival broke out in uh, new life christian fellowship and and I, and I just got wrecked. Um, I tell people that uh, this is the um, time that um, I was already praying in tongues and already having, let's say, spiritual encounters. But this was such an encounter that I had during the first night. And it lasted, you know, it's lasted ever since. But it, it was the encounter that Holy Spirit, it was almost like the Holy Spirit stood before me like a person. And he was that tangible. And um, one of the great revivals of the last 30 years, you know, sustained. Because, I mean, it did sustain for, broke out in 89. And I don't I don't want to say it's actually ended, because that would be wrong to Rodney's ministry. He still has um, revival. But a lot of the churches did not stay in it, including um, my church, that, you know, that was in it. You know, back then, we didn't stay in it. So uh, this is not that. So I want to, hi, Margaret. I want to tell you what's on my heart uh the lord kind of uh spoke to me again this morning um we had a great meeting here in jacksonville last night we're doing these encounter nights we just started them um and glorious i mean i, I it was a very good night i was very happy and pleased you know um the turnout was great the the anointing was great you know it's great talking to someone who is not used to that and then they get rocked by the anointing and you ask them what what happened and she goes i i don't know I, i've never felt anything like that before and i don't say that to brag that's the holy spirit it's not me um i say that to say it's really nice to have that fresh perspective you know because that reminds me of rodney 30 years ago um and a shout out to rodney he's still going he's still going his man has just never lost a beat um that um you know, I remember so many of us people, so many of the people that thing going, I, I've never experienced anything like this. And, um, and I, and I, and I just remember it's been 30 years and the journey has been wonderful. The, um, the, you know, the, the, the pathway has been glorious. So I'm going to talk about what the Lord's been speaking to me. And I want you to hear me with a humble heart. And I'm actually going to pray. I don't do this often when I do a video, but it's something that I've been asking the Lord about um and talking to him about and finally i'm releasing it and it's it's a reflection on um something and i want to i want to um 
bring this about. I want to do this very respectfully, and I'm 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 not calling out anyone on here. I'm not I'm not using names. I'm not none of that. That's not what this is about. This is about the more of God. This is about what God actually wants for his people and how we're probably not stepping into what God actually desires for us. And it's not because we're sinning. This isn't about any hidden sin. This is nothing. Okay, so take all those expectations off. I just want to tell you what the Lord has been speaking to me, if I may. But let's pray. Father, I thank you. Thank you for talking to me. I thank you every day for your spirit and your love and your passion for your people. I thank you for you hearing my own cry for more and and me and, and helping me to humble myself and knowing that it's us, it's it's us leaders who need to cry out for the more. It's us leaders who need to recognize not just a more for the people, but that we're not satisfied where we're at, that we're actually hungry for you. We, the leaders, need to cry out for more. And I thank you for this this divine message, this dripping with honey message and love that you have shared with me to call us into a place of the more, the new dimensions of the spirit and effectiveness in the earth that we'll see our cities changed. But more important than that, Father, more than seeing our cities changed, we will change. We'll be pleasing to you. We will we will press in more like Paul said. He had yet to apprehend, but he was going to press on to that higher calling of God. I thank you for it, Father. Help us to have ears to hear and eyes that see and give our hearts quick understanding. And Lord, what I deliver that's of you, may it be a blessing to those who hear it. And what is off because of me i pray they don't even hear it i pray it just it doesn't affect what you want to say i thank you for it lord in jesus mighty name amen 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 all right well you might hear my dog bark uh we're here in florida it is 64 wonderful degrees outside i love this time of year um I always tell people Florida's got nine great months. It's not June, July, or August. Like come here September through May, and you'll have a much better time here because it's not as hot. Um, I wanna I wanna talk to you about what the Lord's been speaking to me. And this might cross on some toes, but I hope you will hear me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you something about the Scottish revival that uh, happened in 1949. And it's a, a revival that I have kind of studied for 20 years. I have um, read this, and the Lord pointed out something to me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not the guy who wants to go and sit in a room and pray with people for revival for our nation for, you know, an hour. I don't even want to do it for an hour. And I didn't really, I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't understand why. I couldn't understand um 
why that was a problem for me. Now, it might not be a problem for you, and please, I'm not squashing that at all. I just want to share with you what the Lord has shared with me. And if we can just be humble for a moment, not get offended. I'm not saying stop any of that. But I'm one of those guys who likes to see if I have results. I am kind of result-oriented. That's my deep, my high deep personality. We like results. We don't care about praises of people. We really care about goals and achievement. Like it's just what we my personality is geared to. Like as an air traffic controller, I want to know everyone got home safe. That's my goal, you know. And um, so um, I don't care if I sounded good. I want to know if I got the planes home. You know, it's kind of where I always kind of put my um, my um, my focus. And I want to know, uh, you know, I'm 58 and I want to spend the rest of my life as I have for the last 35 years, but I want to spend the rest of my life going deeper with God, bringing about his, his will in the earth. And, um, and, and I really kind of relayed down my life again, this last year, I've been talking to the Lord about just laying down my life again for this next generation to raise up the next generation of men and women of God uh, that are going to carry the torch after we're gone. And that means actually raising them up so they can raise up the following generation. So when we're gone, there's a progression. And the Lord said to me, son, it's not that I don't want revival in the earth, but it's that it is blocked by my leaders who don't realize they have their own need, their own desperation, and I I need them to humble themselves and cry out for more from themselves. And it was not a rebuke. This was not, God was not angry. Please do not take it that way. Please do not go, well, God's mad at leaders. No. Leaders get worn out. Leaders, leaders get abused. I'm just going to let you know that. And yes, some leaders abuse the people. I get that. But leaders get abused because they're under spiritual warfare and they're also under, you know, um, attacks from within. They, they, leaders, I've talked to them, folks. I talk to leaders a lot, okay? A lot of them call me and I realize that they're worn out. And I realize that they're worn out because they're doing ministry. And I want to tell you something. In 2019, I, I don't hate like bringing this up, but in 2019 with Todd, I had to step back for four weeks because the warfare was something I'd never experienced before. It was unbelievable. And uh, I just had to literally step back and go into prayer for four weeks to strengthen myself to get back into the arena again. And because the warfare was unbelievable. All right, that aside, I'm not, look at, we're not calling out anyone. This has, by the way, I want you to know, I really, the only person I have in mind for this word is me. I am not thinking of anyone else. Okay, I want you to understand that because I do not want you to think that I am, you know, calling someone out. I'm not. Oftentimes when God speaks to the prophets and the apostles, he 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 puts this thing in them so that it's not just a word but it comes from their being. It comes from their life, and they can relate to it, and they can, they can um, uh, have compassion uh, on the ones they're calling. You, you'll see this when Daniel, 
you know, repents for Israel. You see the way the prophets position themselves. It's actually the way Jesus told us. He says there's a Pharisee and a poor man that came to the altar. And the Pharisee says, I'm glad I'm not like him. But the poor man said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And, he, and Jesus said, which one do you think was heard? You know, which one you think, you know, receive the answers, you know, so to say, you know. And so I, I want you to know that I am not pointing one finger. I'm going to say that a lot through here because I want you to know this is not at all to point the fingers at anybody. Okay. But when the Lord tells me to give a word and to release something, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really obedient to that. Okay, but I want to, I think the reason I didn't release this right away is I want to make sure that I was pressing in for the more, that I'm responding to the message of the Lord first, because I don't believe that in just giving a word and then am I, am I, you know, is there anything in it? By the way, I have repented. I have cried out to God. I have, um, you know, um, kind of refocus myself even more. I'm pretty intense. That's dangerous. I get pretty intense, and uh, but I have to sometimes. It's just who I am. Um, but I want you to hear this without going, you know. All right. The Lord says to me, you know, my 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 leaders are like lids, and in our leadership structure. In the church, we have top-down leadership, and it's not really the way it should be. That's why, you know, people don't, you know, apostles and prophets are supposed to lay their lives down, and the church is on top of them. They're the foundations with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And we have this kind of like, well, apostles are up here, and it goes this way. It's actually not. You don't build a house from the top down. That's why Jesus is the chief cornerstone and the capstone, because he's the only one that can be the beginning and the ending, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. We cannot do it. We're, we're incapable of being both those things. And um, sometimes we are telling the people press in, and, and I hear ministers tell me I'm just discouraged a little bit. People aren't responding, and I, I want to give you a fix, if I may. Stop looking at the people in their need and recognize your own. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's not that you haven't been doing a good job. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that, folks. It has to do with the concept of maintaining versus increasing. You cannot maintain in the kingdom. You cannot maintain his glory. You cannot maintain his mercy. You, can, you cannot maintain anything. His mercy must be new every morning. His glory is under his purview, not yours. He releases as he desires, not you. You can't maintain the prophetic. You can't do any of these things. The kingdom is either increasing or subtracting from you. It's, it, and you have to understand. And that's why we must always press in and never withdraw. When we withdraw, it's not good. When we try to maintain, we are stagnant why the kingdom is moving. And that those things are deceive us sometimes. This is not, I want to read to you this. This is, um, and I'm going to try to put the link to this in this message. I will try to put a link down there uh, after I get done uh, to Google Docs where you can pull up this PDF on the Scottish Re Revival from me. And I, I want to read this to you if I may. If I may, just in case you don't do it. It's really interesting that 
what you find the churches realized in Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, Ireland in 1949 was that there was a low state of religion. Does that sound familiar today in the church? And I don't mean religion in a bad way. I mean, 20% to 40% of the youth do not believe in God anymore. Now, when I grew up, we believed in God. We might not acted right, but we believed in God, so to speak. But we're losing a generation. Now, God's going to get that back for us. Don't worry about it. But when we humble ourselves, you know, we often, when we often pray, if we humble ourselves and pray, I don't think we really know what humbling ourselves means. It's not just recognizing, you know, God, you have to do it. It's realizing that it is us who haven't pressed into God, not the president, not Congress, not our state legislators, not our politicians, not Hollywood. It's us. It's always us. It's always us. The leaders. I'm talking to leaders. It's us. And we often don't realize that we're the ones in need. So we often, you know, when I'm in these groups of prayer for revival, it's always pointed outward. Lord, send revival. Lord, bring revival in our city. And, and it's never, Lord, bring revival in me. You can be busy in the kingdom and not, you know, busy doing kingdom stuff, but not be in his presence. I want to read this to you because when the church realized in Lewis, Ireland, that they were in a sad state of affairs. Got a hair somehow. I don't know how that kept pricking out my mustache. Sorry about that. You didn't need to know that, I guess. They read a declaration, a proclamation that um, they were in need, which is such a great, such a great. Now, they were, they were looking outward. They were looking outward. Boy, we don't see the youth. We don't see the the we don't see people participating in the church. The churches are going empty. Da 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 da. And and so these two sisters. And I'm going to read this to you. One night, God gave one of these sisters a vision. Now I think there were 82 and 84, or 80 and 82. One of them being blind. Now, we have got to understand that in revival, remarkable things happen. Super, this is written by uh, Duncan Campbell. It is supernatural. You are not moving on human levels. You are moving in divine places. In the vision, she saw the churches crowded with young people, and she told her sister, I believe revival is coming to the parish. At that time, there was not a single young person attending public worship, a fact which cannot be disputed. Sending for the minister, she told them her story and the, took their message as the word from God to her heart. I want you to understand that even though the word came, something had to be done. I want you to understand this. It, it wasn't good enough just to declare the word. Listen, I want you to, I want you to learn this because I find this to be true throughout revivals. Okay. Um, so what do you think? He asked her, what do you think we should do? She said, give yourself to prayer. Give yourself to waiting upon God. Get your elders and deacons together and spend at least two nights a week waiting upon God in prayer. If you will do that at your end of the parish, my sister and I will do it at our end of the, I love that, at our end of the parish from 10 o'clock at night until 2 or 3 in the morning. 
So the minister called his leaders together. For several months, they waited upon God in a barn among the straw. During this time, they plead one promise, for I will pour my water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. You know, I love that verse. It's Isaiah 44, 3. It's such a wonderful verse. This went on for at least three months. Nothing happened. But one night a young deacon rose and began reading from Psalm 24. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. Closing his Bible. He addressed the minister and other office bearers in words that sound crude in English, but not so crude in our Gaelic language. I, I could try to do a Gaelic accent, but I don't know if that'll work. It seems to me so much humbug to be waiting as we are waiting, to be praying as we are praying, when we ourselves are not rightly related to God. He then lifted up his hands towards heaven and prayed, O oh God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? Then he went to his knees and fell into a trance. Now, don't ask me to explain the physical barn, you know, physical, uh, uh, something happened in the barn. He says, don't ask me to do that. All right, breakthrough. Now, he says, I wasn't in the island, Duncan Campbell, at this time. I was in another area when word came asking me to come to Lewis for 10 days. I had other meetings scheduled and wrote back that I would, uh, but uh, Barvis on my, I would put Barvis on my schedule the following year. However, do this service I won't uh, go into. My other meetings were canceled, and I found it possible to go to the islands as requested. Arriving by boat, I was met by the minister of the church of one of his officers. As I stepped ashore, the office bearer came to me and said, Mr. Campbell, may I ask you a question? Are you walking with God? I was happy to be able to respond. I can say this at any rate. I fear God. I love. I, I love that. I love. Uh, we we need the fear of the Lord again. Listen, uh, as ministers, we need the fear of the Lord. They had arranged me to address the church a short meeting beginning at nine o'clock that night. It was a remarkable meeting. God sovereignly moved, and there was an awareness of God which was wonderful. The meeting lasted until four o'clock in the morning, and I had not witnessed anything compared with it at any other time during my ministry. Around midnight, a group of young people left the dance and crowded into the church. There were people who couldn't go to sleep because they were gripped by God, although there was an awareness of God and a spirit of conviction at the initial meeting. The real breakthrough came a few days later on Sunday night in the uh, parish church. The church was full, and the Spirit of God was moving in such a way that I couldn't preach. I just stood still and gazed upon the wondrous moving of God. Men and women were crying out to God for mercy all over the church. There was no appeal made whatsoever. After meeting for over three hours, I pronounced the benediction and told the people to go out, but mentioned that any who wanted to continue the meeting could come back later. A young deacon came to me and said, Mr. Campbell, God is hovering over us. About that time, the clerk of the session asked me to come to the back door. There was a crowd of 600 people gathered in the yard outside the church. Someone gave out Psalm 1 and 2, and the crowd steamed back into the church, which could no longer hold the number of people. A young school teacher came down front crying out, Oh God, is there nothing left for me? She's a missionary in Nigeria today. 
There was a busload of people coming to the meeting from 60 miles away. The power of God came into the bus so that they could not even enter the church when the bus arrived. People were swooning all over the church, and I cannot remember one single person who was moved on by God that night who was not gloriously born again. What's the point of this is that a lot of times we direct our prayers outwardly. They need revival. The church needs revival. Very seldom, because we're the ones praying, do we ever say, Lord, I need revival. I need the more of you. Now, it, 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 again, it's not going to happen if you just try to do it, uh, you know, for a moment. You know, you just try to go, I'm going to go in my room and pray this prayer. Uh, trust me, it doesn't work that way, you know, as I was spending, you know, because um, I knew this uh, anniversary was coming up and I was really preparing myself and reflecting back of what a glorious time that was. And know that the church has lost something and in other places I've gained stuff, you know. I've had, I, I, look, at my church, we've had diamonds, gold dust, feathers, moves of God, gold teeth, bones grow out, metal disappear. Uh, we've had, you know, you name it. You notice we don't hear a lot about that anymore. And not because, and, and we might say, well, God's not doing that. Why? I, I don't have the why of that. And I trust God, but maybe the why is, Number one, we get more interested in the signs than God. And two, um, we get into the rut of familiar spirit where we know how to do the church service now. We can do it. We know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, why to do it. And we don't really need to do it any other way. We can just do our own. Um, we can just do it our own. I, I believe God wants... I believe God wants to move in us as leaders and as the church. I believe God wants us to wants to move in us in a way that we can't describe. We don't have to explain. Everybody will be touched. You won't have to lay hands on everybody. You know, Ashbury revival was glorious. I went up there. Um, it was glorious, but where did it go? And I, I feel that sometimes revival disappears, not because of sin, but because there is no cistern hewn out that can hold the water God wants to pour in. Let me explain. Jeremiah prophesies this. In the church, we have a way of building our own cisterns uh, and calling it revival calling it outpouring, but they're man-made cisterns, and they seem not to last long. They seem to be temporary. They seem to not hold water. And this is, this is what God wants for me and you. He wants to fill us up with the Spirit, which is called water in John, living water. And remember, in the wedding at Cana, there was six you know, six um, cisterns to hold water. Six is the number of man. And it, it's, a, it's a prophetic sign that God wants to use man to pour out on his people. He does. He wants to use man. He wants to fill man with his presence and have that man or woman, when I say that, trust me, I believe in women ministers, um, 
that man or woman be tipped over and served to the people because it, he comes in you. Listen, he fills you with water, but it turns into new wine when it's poured out. Remember, Jesus filled them with water. It's in it's it's in you that the water turns to wine. It ferments. It 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 moves. It 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 begins to um, have its way in us in a way that um, is glorious. I, this is not a rebuke. I, I want you to understand. This is zero rebuke here. This is really a call to ask the Lord for more. Now it will you you know you might be in a place where you can you know really get to realize that quick, and you might not get there quickly. You might take some time in prayer and days in prayer and maybe even months in prayer it's okay this is not a competition this is not a rebuke this is not this is not god saying either you jump in today or you're not jumping no there's none of that folks this is this is none of that this is a love call this is a uh, love call from the spirit of god this is a love call from the lord holy spirit saying boy just come. I want those who are thirst come to Jesus. I want to. I want to fill you fresh. I love. I love that you know when you when you, you know in Laodicea church, it, it it's like the church didn't realize they were blind because when we compare ourselves to the world, we look awesome. We look better than Hollywood and and the politicians, but. That's not our standard. Our standard is Christ. Do we look as good as Jesus? Are we doing the things Jesus did? Sometimes, sometimes not. You know, we, I'll tell you when we know we really arrived, um, we really have hit the, you know, maybe the pinnacle, is when we don't have to set up the meeting to be super spiritual and we could just walk in the streets and bring the glory. You know, you know, and I say that to say, like, what are you gauging it by? Like, yeah, in our meetings, we have glorious meetings. Don't get me wrong. Glorious meetings. Glorious. And I'm so thankful for him. But there's still more. There's more he wants to do. There's, you know, how would you like to go visit Walmart? Uh, you know, on on the, um, <clears throat> go visit, go visit Walmart on, uh, you know, on the Sabbath, which is your tradition. And there'd be a man by the gate called beautiful and because we don't go to the you know temple and a gate called beautiful and you sit there and you and you you sit there and he's asking for money and you go ah, silver and gold i have none but such as i have i give thee there's, there's more is what my point is there's there's a lot more for us to press into it's us that needs to pray see revivals for us and I, I love in acts 4 and if we're going to read that here um when they pray i love that they're praying uh about them they talk about what the accusations was right he says now lord look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak the word lord yeah, i hear their threats but lord it's us that needs the boldness it's us that you would grant to us, that you would fill us with the boldness of your spirit by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through your name, your holy servant Jesus. It's us, Lord, who needs more. 
they're not the ones who need more. They're not the ones who need an encounter. We need another encounter. We're, we're, we're going up to another level here, Lord. We're, we're the ones who need the encounter. We're the ones in the need. This is tough because I think that, you know, some of you, you're already pressing in. So, look, this, this is not, I don't know how many times I can say it, but I, I have to keep saying it because when I say this, people are like, oh, well, you don't know, I'm, I'm on fire. Okay, get more on fire. I believe there is a, not a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit coming. I believe there's a fresh baptism of the fire coming. That's what the Lord is showing me. <clears throat> there's a fresh baptism of the fire coming. And I hope that what I have not done is upset you. And if I have, well, this won't be the last time if you follow me at all. Uh, it's not my desire to do that. I'm just being honest with you that it's possible I might do that again. And I want you to know I love you. I, I literally love you. But I really just want you to know that God is saying, what if you just press in? I gave the analogy last night that I forget what mine it was out west, but a company that was you know digging in this mine looking for gold, believed there was going to be a big vein, and they stopped, and it was like six inches short. They didn't know it. They sold the mine, said there was no gold in there, and the people who bought it dug six inches and hit the largest gold mine at the time in the, in the mountain. We're only six inches away. Or let's say six steps. And I could get into the whole six-step analogy and do that with you, and if you understand that from Scripture, and um, there's always that six-step analogy. You can't go any farther than the six steps. God takes you there. You know, it's God that, that does the rest from there. So I love you. I want you to know that. Um, I, I want you to know that God loves you. I really want you to know that. But I want you to know this. God wants you to set you on fire. And I don't want you to come short of that for one moment. Okay. I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss it. Not that you can miss it. But I want to call you, not to public prayer, not to a group prayer, but in your prayer closet with God that you cry out, Lord, more. It's me who needs more, Lord. It's me in need of prayer. I'm going to pray with you. Before I do, let me just say hello to people. Monica, Monica, if you're in town and we can get together and get a coffee, let me know. I know you're here for your dad's funeral. I love you. Margaret, hello. Francesco. Love you, buddy. Stella, my dear sweet daughter in the Lord, love you very much. Uh, Yolanda, nice to have you along. Share this with people. If you believe this is a word of the Lord, would you go ahead and share it? Um, and um, I love you. I'm going to pray for us together. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to let you go. Father, I thank you right now for that which... You have laid upon my heart not to share with them what you've laid on my heart for us. For me first, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm first in line, Lord, for more. I'm first in line to remember to just realize that I need the more. I need more of you. And I humble myself before everyone. I need more, God. I need more.
We want more. We want to be pleasing to you, Lord. We want to fulfill your destiny, your plan for us. It's about you, Jesus. It's not about my destiny. It's not about my identity. It's about who you are, the Lord and King of glory. Have your way in us. Have your way in me. Do that which is pleasing in your sight, Lord, and burn in me with holy fire. I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I love you. Would you be blessed today? If you need anything, don't feel free to, if you want to ask a question, go ahead and uh, do that. And I'll be more than happy to answer uh, anything that I can. I love you. I want you to know I love you, love you bunches. And I want to say thank you for listening to me. You have a great day. God bless.